You're listening to Since He Didn't Ask, where Matthew and Andrew tackle questions you might not be asking, but you might find helpful to answer. Questions about life answered through a biblical lens. Welcome to Since You Didn't Ask. I'm Matthew, and I'm here with Andrew. And our question for this one is simply, um, what's the deal with fasting? Um, Or we can put this maybe a little more um, academically. How should Christians think about fasting? Intermittent Um, fasting? (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And I think some of the the sub-questions on this would be, is fasting a command um, is it, does it still apply for today? Um, is it wrong to fast? Those types of things. So, um, go ahead and run with that, whatever direction you want well, to start. I, I'm going to preface this. I, I hope this doesn't ruin the episode for people listening by saying, this is something that I feel convicted that I, I want to study this. I, I don't know a ton. I, I here, I'll give you my basic understanding and maybe that'll give us a board to jump off. I, I don't think it's ever commanded. That would be correct. That actually. I can think I, of. I did look that up, and it's, at least in, in the New Testament. Okay, yeah. There I, is, I'm there, even I, thinking old. I there, there. I believe well, there actually is that there is just we're kind of jumping the gun here, but I believe there is a command for fasting related to the Day of Atonement. Yeah, I was just gonna say, and there are definitely prophetic calls to call a fast in the Old Testament, and so yeah, okay. So I suppose my understanding then would be it's tied like Joel two. It's tied with repentance, with yes. ripping the clothes. Yeah. With it, it, yeah. repentance is probably the word that ties best to it. So then, um, in my mind, when this topic comes up, my mind goes to there are there's one one place I can think of, and I think a second where Jesus says he is the bridegroom and when he's with the people, they won't fast, but when he's gone, they will. And then in another place, when he's talking about prayer, he says, when you fast and then gives instructions. So it seems like the assumption from Jesus is that we will fast. And because there's no new instruction, I'm kind of learning out loud as I think through this. It, uh, It would be whatever it was in the old Testament, which would be paired to repentance which then makes me go down this whole big rabbit trail of we just never really repent like we ought, and that's probably why I never think about it. So <laughs> go tied? ahead. All right. No, I think that's great. Um, I think, one, it is tied to repentance, um, and which is the whole point of the Day of Atonement mm-hmm. uh, or uh, Yom Kippur. And, and uh, many Jews still today will do a 25-hour fast um, related to Yom Kippur or, or the Day of Atonement. Um, I think we would agree that the whole call for the Day of Atonement um, no longer applies for the Christian, um, and uh, you can go to Hebrews 10 uh, for that. Um, so as far as explicit commands in Scripture to fast, um, I'm not aware of a place where that it says that it's a command, I would agree with you that there seems to be an assumption that fasting will happen in the life of a believer, um, but not commanded. So I just want to make that distinction. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. you kind of already did. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm uh, confirming what you have said. Um, so then the, the, the place comes in, what kinds of scenes do we see fasting? And, and I would say primarily it is in terms of repentance. And it can also be there are scenes in the Bible where there is fasting in um, like grave situations, um, high, mm-hmm. what we might call today high stress or high, high 
high uh, concern or, or high levels of even um, emotional pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so one interesting thing, I can remember um, a Q&A at Grace Community where MacArthur was asked about this, and this stood out to me. Um, and he answered this question, and I will put myself in the same place as you in that this isn't something I've studied a ton. I have read in the past a fair amount on it, but it's been a while. Um, but this, what stood out to me, MacArthur's response was, fasting can be helpful. He wanted to clarify, and I think his concern, and rightly so, is that fasting doesn't lead us to a higher level of spirituality or higher level of, like, power access to God. Hmm. So, which I think is an important point. Yeah. And that, that resonated because I do think a lot of times people are thinking, okay, I'm going to pray normally, but when something is really serious, like I'm going to access a higher level of, of connection to God or more powerful prayer because of, of fasting. And so how do you explain it then? Cause in some ways it does have that overtone in a lot of the passages yeah. where it comes up. So, Let's come back to that. Okay, go ahead. I think that's a, don't forget that. Okay. Um, His other point that he was making is, uh, and he did, he, I remember him talking about, um, yeah, about there not being a New Testament um, command on that. And I, so that's what, I went back and looked that up before we did this episode just to confirm that. Um, But I also, um, I remember him making the point, and this is the part where I think it's a little squishy, but it's worth thinking about. He said, when you're in times of great sorrow or great stress, you're going to tend not to eat already. Um, those, are, those are times when you're, you're not eating. And, and he, was, he was making the point that oftentimes in those situations, there's going to be, I don't know what, what wording he used. I'm going to apply it as like a natural fasting as a response hmm. to a situation. And the emphasis being that in those times, we want to call out to the Lord and to rely on Him and to look to Him more than we ever would. Mm-hmm. And um, it might be the natural response of the Christian in those just heightened times to not have an appetite, but to just naturally be coming before the Lord with great earnestness. Um, That's an interesting one. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it might be a little bit squishy, but it's it's worth giving some consideration. But l- last point I would make is I, um, uh, and I've gone back to confirm this also. So just, I, mean, I'm, I know I'm kind of quoting MacArthur on this, but uh, there's, um, it's, it's a helpful framework for me. Um, he would make the case that fasting can still be a good and healthy thing for a believer to do on an ongoing basis. So his his kind of conclusion on this would be, one, it's not commanded. Two, it can be a healthy thing, but don't look at it as a special access or special power as a Christian. And three or four, whatever number I'm on, recognize that in certain points in life, that kind of naturally happens. And the difference between the believer and the unbeliever is where a believer might be in great sorrow and not feel like eating. When the believer's not doing that, when a believer is in that situation, then um, that the natural response should be rather than having a hunger for food, our hunger is just magnified for wanting the Lord and to be leaning on him. Just real quick, do you think, so instead of, 
thinking that it gives us extra power or access to God, uh, less of pulling him toward us. With the repentance idea, it's almost more of maybe in, in, especially in the Old Testament when we see it, it's like the circumstance is a wake-up call to trigger, I need to repent and fast, and, and instead of pulling him closer, us moving toward him. Yeah. And the fasting is setting aside kind of the normal, natural pattern of life to say, no, like, I I have to yeah. be near to him. I, I, yeah, I don't know maybe how to. I would agree with you that I think the fasting is more what it does for us as opposed to accessing God more closely, making our prayers somehow more powerful, but especially in the repentance context of fasting. Mm-hmm. The part where that gets, and I, I think we have to be super careful in even how we talk about this is this will sound like a weird connection. Um, but, um, a prevalent thing that might happen, especially with young people would be like the issue of cutting. Okay. Um, uh, for those of you, um, not watching live, which is not any of you, Andrew just made a face. Um, no, but the oftentimes, Cutting can be an infliction of pain that helps to hmm. spell out or make other things in life that are painful more real and actually becomes kind of a therapeutic process in an unhealthy, it's an unhealthy therapy. Okay. Um, I'd want to be careful about the person who feels convicted over their sin, doesn't have an understanding in their heart, maybe in their head, but doesn't have an actual grasp of the forgiveness of God and the power of the gospel for forgiveness. And in wanting to feel better, leans into the fasting as a part of Mm -hmm. self-punishment that somehow alleviates the pain of the guilt that they're feeling. Paying for the sin on your own in, in a way, yeah. And that, I think, can become radically unhealthy both physically and spiritually. That's an awesome, awesome caveat. Um, so I think we need to make, make that very loudly. So to the extent that we are, that a person would fast in a, and I, I mean, I have to be careful on even this word healthy. I mean, healthy physically and spiritually, but I'm meaning spiritually primarily in a, in a healthy spiritual way. There is repentance, but it's a repentance with an understanding of forgiveness Mm -hmm. and that the fast is a way of crystallizing our awareness of the severity of our sin and the greatness of the forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, And not as a part of any, any part of the payment for the sin on our behalf by what we might inflict on ourselves in Mm -hmm. that, in that, that fasting. I have one, um, one question on this that I I think we'll end up brushing away for another time or I don't know, but um, do you think there's anything to the possibility that essentially the, the age of the spirit that we live in, the age of fulfillment of God's promises, the age of the beginning of, of all these blessings that the prophets foresaw that that could explain why there's not fasting talked about almost like the new Testament authors are saying, this is, I I don't want to overstate it, but do you get where I'm going? 
like in relationship, are you relating it back to Jesus saying, while the the bridegroom is here, you don't fast? So so you'd have to explain that passage well in light of what I'm saying, but I think there's ways to do that. Um, And I don't want to, this went from super practical and now I'm making it super like, I don't know. Theological. Yeah, yeah, that's maybe a separate thing, but I just wonder if maybe Christians don't have the impulse because of the era of redemptive history that we're living in. It could be in part, and there's, there's, I, I, I'm, I think, coupled with that is American culture, right? That's the other um, thing that which does does change things. So yeah. I think maybe where I would, and you can certainly add to this, but kind of where I would sum up and, and leave this, um, don't fast to pay for your sins, um, don't fast thinking that you're gaining some special power, extra access to God in that. Um, be careful about fasting out of some obligation. I, um, I, I think that that can probably lead into a spiritually unhealthy place. I don't think it's an obligation. However, there are healthy and good ways to, to fast. And I, I think, again, we highlighted fasting in repentance as a way of heightening our awareness of guilt and forgiveness. Um, fasting in times of, of great stress where we just want to lean on the Lord. And there can be an intentional way of doing that, that I think can be appropriate in those cases. Just saying, God, I just, I really need you. And you want to magnify that, that emphasis to yourself, to remind yourself of the the need you have for him. Um, I think that can be helpful. But then within that, then there can be this like natural fasting, which I'm saying like where you are, are just, you lose your appetite out of pain or sorrow or whatever it might be. And I would just suggest that when you realize that that is happening, that should be a reminder to us as believers that we need the Lord always more than we could ever imagine, but in those moments even more, if that's possible, and let that lack of appetite in those scenarios drive us not to further sorrow, but drive us to to lean on Him. And the last point I would make is... Um, we probably all have been in scenarios where we are so consumed with a certain activity where we forget to eat, where we're just like consumed with something that we are doing and eating doesn't become a priority. I would hope in the Christian life that we become so consumed with our pursuit of the Lord in certain places in our lives where maybe we miss lunch because we're just spending some time in real real time with the Lord in prayer and in, in his word studying um, and even in you know maybe in, in certain ways of ministry or serving other people but I think that's a, that's a way where where um, our, our we're, we're so consumed with actually serving the Lord um, if that happens in, in, in ways that are more um, secular, I might say, then it, it should it should happen with the, thing, the things that are most important. All right. I think that's a great place to wrap it up. Uh, thank you, Matthew, for summarizing that. And we hope that this episode was encouraging and helpful and even challenging to you. And we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>